Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rat Nest Podcast. My name is Matt Paramo, and I'm your host. And today I'm joined by my longtime friend, James Cox. Jim's. Jim's Cox. Jim's Cox. Jimothy Cox. How y'all doing? Jim Jam Cox. It's my boy. We have been friends since high school. What? Pushing 15, 20 years now? Uh, 19, bro. We met in 2001. There you go. Yep. So, you know, two decades bullshitting with this guy. So, should be a fun little conversation. He uh, recently has jumped into some things involving the art world that I am very uh, enthusiastic about and looking forward to picking his brain on as a new artist and someone that's been dealing with it for uh, a few years now. So, And I am very enthusiastic about knowing somebody who is running an art studio. Hey! That kind of works hand in hand. Um, so let's get into it. I mean, Jim. What's up? Let's let's talk about how you've been, man. I would ask you, but I really don't care because we just set up this whole little podcast studio for the last two hours, and I know how you are. You're grumpy, and I'm grumpy. Uh, no, I'm not grumpy. You said I was grumpy. <laughs> no. No, it's, uh, it's... It's particular. I'm particular. It, it's <laughs> crazy how much production goes in to make something look this mediocre, right? Like, it's... Right. It's, it's, it's okay. It's all right. We, as we both look right at our third cameras that we're so proud of. Yeah, we're, we're pumping it. Hey, what's up, baby girls? And that third camera. Camera one. Camera two. Camera, camera one. one. Camera two. There you go. You guys get it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, thankfully... Yeah, you had a lot of this audio equipment, so let's give a little background on how we know each other besides just being uh, high school buddies. Well, it's all started when you dated my ex-girlfriend in high school. Uh, yeah. That's how we first met. This is correct. I was a sophomore, and she was a junior. And I was a senior. So, you know, me and Jimmy were the low-key Eskimo bros from a young age. Uh, I mean, at least, you know... As, as Eskimo bros, yeah. they were as I mean, good little Christian boys. Exactly. We kissed the same girl. That's about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so it, and then after high school, we kind of saw each other at parties and stuff, bump Always into each other. shows uh, in similar bands, or at least at the same shows. Yeah, that's true. We were in uh, bands right after high school that definitely played together, and then we ended up being in a band together for many years called do it live do it live those were great times very very fun times very fun um, i think uh we probably bonded the most during that time because we were constantly partying at your in-laws house and we had the unit right down the street which gave us like basically 40 hours a week to hang out and party and drink and play music together for anyone listening uh, let's tell them what the unit was oh god I wish I could bring up pictures right now to show you what the unit looked like. Uh, I'll give you a quick rundown, I guess. It it was a storage unit at a storage unit facility that would normally be a 10 by 10. No, no, no. It was like a, a 15 by 20. It no. was a big Oh, one. no, I know. But I'm saying normally these storage units would be like a 10 by 10 oh, okay. concrete box, and that's it. Right. So this was definitely, this is like 15 by probably 25, 30. It was like big enough to fit an RV in, but the previous tenant had converted it into a recording studio. Yep. So Two the, story. The, the walls were all uh, silenced up as much as they could be. There was a, a second level that the recording booth, um, all the board and engineering equipment was in, right. that looked down With on the, the, the practi- pra- pla- uh, practice space. Right, right. And we, we kind of lived in there for a good amount 
of time. Alan actually did for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Our singer Alan definitely did live in the unit for uh, many nights. But I mean, shit, I can't tell you how many times I was there till five in the morning partying and wasn't living there, but... Uh, I mean, we had some... We we could get some people in there. We could oh, yeah. get, you know, 20 heads in there. Yeah, it, it was good good times. Though. It was really fun. We um, would always show up to band practice, walk to the liquor store next door, grab two 12-packs of orange wheat, and then walk back over and proceed to just drink and play music until all hours of the night. Yeah, it was great. And the... Um, the lady that ran it was kind of our age, and she she probably partied harder than we did. She absolutely did. And uh, the few times she hung out, it was kind of like a weird situation because I was just kind of waiting for her to pull out some like hard drugs or something. She so was kind of out. she she was out there, right? For sure. Uh, but then at the same time, I felt uncomfortable smoking weed around her because she's the boss of this place. Right. She's technically awesome the one in charge of our fate there. Right. Exactly. So yeah, it was it was a fun dynamic with that one. She was a little wild. And then when she got kicked out, the new owner threatened to sue uh, because all this illegal construction in this thing and all this... Apparently, the power was run off of, like, extension cords oh, yeah. and, like, pulled from all the other units. It, I mean, it was. It might as well have been called Tweaker Studio. Whoever totally. built that thing was... Uh, I mean, he or she, whoever, was on a good one. Hey, but that thing changed our lives. Yeah, and we rented it for the same price as a normal storage unit because they couldn't rent it to anyone else that wanted to just store things <laughs> like right. a normal person, right? That's right. That so, yeah, it was a killer deal. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we've, we've been all over together, man. Uh, well, from there, the unit, Do It Live, actually went on tour, and we you were Team Party Car, you yeah, and Alan. That's true. Me oh. and Daniel were in, I guess, normal... Car. We just called you the losers. I don't know. Me, <laughs> I, we, me and Alan drove up uh, to the top of California from the bottom of California in a 2001 Honda Civic. And me and Daniel were in like a 2003 Matrix. With full equipment. So had, We had drum sets? Drum set, 8x10 bass cab. Um, full stack. Two full stacks. All the guitars. All the guitars and plus like merch and CDs. We had to we stopped and picked up our oh, CDs and man. got twelve boxes of CDs. That was insane. We thought a thousand CDs was a uh, oh I mean, fit in the glove box. Yeah, a thousand CDs. We can get rid of these and on tour. Yeah. And how many CDs? How many CDs do you think we still have between the four of us? We bought a thousand. We probably still have nine hundred and forty. <laughs> <laughs> the boxes just hold up like my entertainment center. <laughs> they're, yeah. just, they're just around the house. Using them as posters. Yeah, dude. Anyone wants to do it live CD, uh, email me at mattparamo@gmail.com and I'll just send you one. It's great. Yes, it's a great album. Quality music. Can we explain why we were in two separate vehicles when we did this tour? We originally had a van. We actually all pitched in and bought a van. A conversion van with the bed in the back and we rented a trailer to go on tour. We loaded all of the fucking equipment into the trailer got from San Bernardino to about Temecula or just above San Diego County and the transmission caught on fire. Yeah, you guys were in San Diego County. You were on the 163. I remember because you were only about 10 minutes from my house at the time. Right, right. And so we came up and uh, just kind of looked at you guys uh, with the van on the side of the freeway and then someone... Rob V. Someone had AAA savior, or something, right? Rob V. No, he had a, uh, a van and literally just came and pulled it off of the freeway for us, got us out of danger, 
Uh, cars were passing us, like, pointing. We were smoking from the transmission, and shit caught on fire. Yeah. Luckily, it didn't blow up or anything, but then we had the task of towing it off the side of the freeway all the way to your house downtown in Gaslamp, and then having to try and fix it, realizing we couldn't fix it, then figuring out how to get the trailer back to San Bernardino because we didn't want to get charged a $1,000 rental for not using it. So we had to drive it with Steve's brother's truck that he was borrowing, and they didn't even know that we drove it all the way back to San Bernardino. Drop, oh, sorry, Steve. Dropped the tra- trailer off in San Bernardino, drove all the way back that night, and loaded all the equipment in the two cars, and still made every show on the tour. Steve, uh, yeah. Steve's not gonna listen to this. It's okay. All right, good. Uh, no, that's funny, man. That's true. And um, we we kind of just put it around like we were mechanics. Like we just looked at the van for two full days, like we knew how we were gonna fix just the transmission. At the transmission. Yeah, oh, it looks like a transmission to me. I don't know what's wrong with it. Can't tell. Hit, hit it with the <laughs> fucking wrench. Uh, does this work? Literally, that's what we did for three days and played acoustic guitars in that parking lot by my house. We did. And uh, <laughs> that was that was good. But that kicked off the tour. After that, it was. If that wouldn't have happened, that tour would not have been the same. No, no, man. We would have killed each other being in the same van the whole way. Absolutely. It would have been a little bit easier as far as loading and unloading goes, but uh, when it was all said and done, I'm glad we were kind of like in separate cars and took our time getting home separate ways. Because after anyone that spent long periods of time on a road trip with people, even if they're your best friends and you don't start to hate each other, everything just starts to bother you. The uncomfortableness of being on the road, it's like camping. It's like after day three, you're just... It's just irritability. You're, everything's like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, you're just such in a, a downer mood. And even with the highs that come along with playing live music in front of people and, and traveling, you know, city to city, <laughs> uh, it's it's equal amount of lows of just driving and driving and driving and, and right. trying to, you know, stay positive about the thing when you're exhausted and just worn yeah, Being worn around down. the same three people... Every day, the same. You're one of four people that are literally traveling around together and trying to meet new friends, trying to meet new people, crashing on people's couches. But you were like, you have to stay close with those people. That's your clique. That's your salvation. If, if anything happens, but shit, it's so hard to stay, remain like unirritated or unirritable in those situations. Absolutely, and it's like we don't have the four of us that went on tour all have our own like kind of strong personalities in certain ways yeah or uh, you know I'm loud I'm a, I like to drink and be obnoxious and uh, you know four days of that in a row it, it starts to get to people even like your closest <laughs> friends you know what I mean well me I'm very like I have to have my my space and I have to have things set up right you know what I mean mm-hmm. and so on tour that shit goes out the window. Oh, that's and that the first just thing. Throws me out of my comfort zone right off the bat. So I spent the first week of tour getting comfortable being uncomfortable, if you will. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it's a trip to not to transition in. But the whole point of this is for we're talking about art. Like obviously, music is art too. But do it live gave us the opportunity at Maxwell Street Pizza with Uncle Alex to start throwing shows and actually doing art shows along with our live music which really helped transition from when the band fell apart and we were no longer playing music together. We were still doing these art shows, and I think it cultivated a huge relationship with the entire Inland Empire art scene just from those shows at Maxwell's are starting out, you know? Well, the thing about the Inland Empire art scene that I've noticed, and I haven't been a close part of it for many years because I lived in San Diego for so long, 
but when I was living there and doing those shows and, and helping set up and kind of seeing uh, the people that came out and who was involved, everyone's hungry because there's not a lot of opportunity for that. There's not, it's a big city without the amenities of a big city art scene. So those little pizza place shows where everyone could get together and cross promote and maybe 200, 300 kids come out that night makes everyone feel like a winner. Exactly. Makes every, you know, it all, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships, whatever you want to say. Um, and so that was a really awesome thing to be a part of and kind of see that wave of resurgent in, in like DIY shows. Yeah. And uh, having. Well, I know for a fact there was artists there that had never sold a piece. They had only given them away to people, and they sold art at the for the first time at some of those art shows. Yeah, and that's, that's as awesome. an artist, it's the most important feeling because then you think, I can do this. Like yeah, someone really does right. like my thing. Exactly, it's very validating. It is very validating, and even to this day. Um, to be asked to be in a group show, to sell a piece off the wall at a show, it still gives you that same kind of childlike artist feeling of, I can't believe they liked what I made. For it, sure. It's like your mom hanging a drawing on the fridge. Yeah, it's it, pride. It is. And, uh, I mean, I've still never sold an art piece before, so I can't wait for that feeling. Well, you also, just, let's go into that a little bit. So recently, you've just... Um, started doing digital illustration more more or less. I should. I, I'm, yeah. It's abstract. Some of the stuff's a little bit more dialed in. Um, very. I'm I'm finding my way right now. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I just know the medium I'm using is like digital iPad. I'm using Procreate and Illustrator Draw, and that that opened up worlds to me when it came to art and to be able to do art. As someone that's seen and been a part of like art and these these art shows and you've seen people live paint you've known me forever you've watched me paint I've done how many paintings for you personally I got a lot of your art in my house I love it so you've you've kind of seen how different people work and stuff how did that translate from watching someone do art into creating your own art for the first time it's what gave me the confidence to start so sitting back and watching you do art for years and watching my buddy Dave do art for years and just being around all these art shows and learning how to create music. And I felt like everything that I had done in my life as far as creative cre creativity-wise was all culminating up to, to this or to get me to this point right now. And I'm not saying this is the end game or whatever, but it all boiled up to give me the confidence to just try. You know what I mean? Watching my buddies do art and they're like ah, I hate this piece and they throw it to the side and I run over and snag it really quick and keep it and put it to the side that's that receipt that you drew for me it ended up being a sticker that we made into it and it was a piece of trash art that you've done you know seeing my buddies have this like amazing ability and just keep trying to make it better keep trying to do better keep trying to you know this isn't good enough type of feeling it was like, oh shit, so it is a process. I can start at the bottom and get better and get better and get to the feeling where everything I do isn't amazing. I can actually kind of judge it from a more, uh, a more judgmental eye or like a, from the outsider's perspective rather than like you said, mommy's gonna put this up on the fridge for me, I'm so proud of it. You know, start doing things that I, that I, can't, I know will better me as an artist and also is this more of what people want and what people like you know even if it's just aesthetic totally and that's the biggest hump or hurdle I think that people starting out even seasoned artists uh, been doing it a while that's the thing you encounter the most is just getting something started 
getting the drive to sit down and create that day. Some of the biggest advice I've gotten from the people that have influenced me the most has been the simplest, and it's just like create something every day. Even if you have to kind of force it, it's going to make you a better artist. Muscle memory, muscle memory, muscle memory. Just draw, draw, draw. If you want to do this, that's how you're going to accomplish something is just by literally sitting there and doing it. Uh, as someone that did music before, do you think that kind of helped the idea of understanding that there's a process to things and that it's not going to come all right away? It's like learning an instrument where you have to work and work and work to learn those scales, to put them together, to write a song, to find that progression. Absolutely. I mean, there's... I never took any sort of music theory, so when I had came to creating music, it was learn as you go. You know, this sounds good together, so I'm just going to play this together, and it turns out, oh, that's technically called this. You know, I don't have any other vocabulary, but I can still create music. Just it's, I basically just transitioned that mindset over into art. Like, I have none of the theory, I have nothing to base or any of the vocabulary to, to help this with, but I know what looks good together in my eye. And if I was able to create music that people liked and it was just tuned to my ear, I can just try and do the same thing with art. Just use my eye instead of my ear. And it's, it's the same mentality in my head. It just it made perfect sense. So as soon as I got an iPad with the Apple Pencil, it changed my life. I, I think you remember I did like 100 illustrations in like three weeks. Yeah, yeah, you were on a you were on a burner there because when you got it, you were like, "Oh, I'm gonna start messing with this," and uh, I was like, "All right, good luck, man," because I had recently just got one too. Right, and I was trying to play with it, and uh, for me, it was very frustrating because it it was it's a tool that makes things it takes out almost like a whole step in the production side of things, so it makes things super easy in that way. But it just took me a while to hone in the actual movements of the pencil on a on a digital platform like on a screen and just not have that that physical touch of a pencil and paper or whatever pink pen and paper and then also i don't know if you know this about me but i hold my pencil incorrectly yeah no. so the way i hold my pencil and the uh, dynamic ability of the surface to absorb that pressure it, it, it throws it off for me. Yeah, because you're a very side pencil holder. It's, it's, that, it's a hard line. It make, makes it go into shading mode or whatever. So, yeah, it completely changes what the pencil does. And depending on what setting I have the pencils and the uh, pens and stuff worked out to, it, I've gotten it honed in a little better, but it's still frustrating to me. So it's interesting to see you strictly doing a digital platform or a digital art because that's all you've kind of taught yourself to this point well you know and I think that actually played to my benefit because I I'm not used to or have the muscle memory of what it feels like to be drawing and sketching with an HB pencil or you know a nice soft shading pencil like I only know what it feels like to use the Apple pencil so that's like my first language when it comes to art right now you know I learned that language first before I learned regular pencils or paintbrush or on canvas so I didn't have to like transition into a pencil like you're talking about. It was the first time I had really given myself a, a, the opportunity to try art like that, and it just worked. You know what I mean? So over the years, did you ever... I know you had to have experimented with just like that stoner moment or had a couple beers, and you're like, I'm going to go buy acrylic paint. I'm going to buy this canvas. I'm going to paint this painting. Well, that mostly happened with you. That would be when we would like 
you would come over and you've got a bunch of paints and or like a hand you just bought a box of canvases and we just would go in the garage or go wherever and just start throwing paint on things that was really my first introduction but i i think i have two pieces that i did with you back in in gabe's garage back in the day uh, that actually I've kept and I look at them and I'm so proud of them but they sit in my garage in a box because it's not something that I'm like oh this is I'm going to hang this on the wall or I'm going to sell this or whatever it's it's nostalgia to me you know what I mean that's like my souvenir from that time you know what I mean and then of course as every like 20 something from a poverty neighborhood like San Bernardino I got into graffiti you know what I mean going around with spray cans and throwing my name up everywhere and feeling that style out you know I never really liked writing on public in public places where people could see it because I didn't think it was good enough but I would go down under the bridges you know in the up on the walkways where nobody was I would write my name and let it burn for a while or go out to the bunkers where the old Lockheed Martin testing facility out there in the wash I still have stuff burning for like 10 years out there just because I wanted to get to a place where no one could really see it or I wanted to get to a hard enough place to where I could do something and no one could go over it. You know, even if it's ugly as fuck, they're going to be like, dang, that fool got there though. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? Definitely. Those, those uh, high risk spots, those up top spots. Uh, that helped a lot with my layers when it came to, and especially comes to using the iPad you have to use a lot of layers in Illustrator. And so doing graffiti, I learned how to throw different layers down and then build on top of other layers. So then in graffiti, it's like you do one and then you have to do the other one. You can't go back to the other layer. But digitally, oh, I, I want to change this layer. I go back to it, I can adjust it, and it's so much more forgiving. Yeah, I mean, if you have enough paint, you can you can go back over spots and connect your, your, your bottoms to your tops and you know kind of find the flow between the two layers. But... I see what you're saying is like we never we never were at the level uh, where we were doing big murals or like big pieces where we would have two boxes of paint or something. We were like right. two can kids. Exactly. So we you know whatever we could fit in our a, a backpack, maybe three or four cans at the most between a couple of us, something you could ditch easy. Yeah. Uh, Plus we had to have room for the beers. Yeah. Duh. I think we were more uh, distracted with just getting drunk in the wash than actually doing good art at that time. For sure. And you know what? Maybe maybe still now. Maybe still is what we're doing. But I mean, what did we do last time we went out there? We walked in, got drunk and high, and then wrote our name a couple times. Yep. And, you know, as any good artist, that's what you do. You take a walk. You go, yeah. you go on a movement with a friend and drink a couple tallies and get loose. Uh, so... All right, coming up, I have an interview scheduled with my friend Amber Goosey. I'd love for you to stick around and hang out and do this with me. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. I've, I've seen some of her art. I'm happy to, to meet her and see what she's all about because if her personality is anything like her art, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Very, cool. be very beautiful. Yeah, she's rad. She's super rad. So let me get her dialed in on this Zoom phone call, and we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with Amber. Sounds good. Hey! All right, you want to do a little click? And we're back to the Rat Nest Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, today, I'm happy to introduce my good friend and fellow artist, Amber Juicy. What's up? Zoom. <laughs> so Amber, let's get right into it. What have you been doing? Um, What's happening? 
I've, I've been doing a lot of shit. Um, I'm like barely working right now because of all of the, the situation in the world. Um, so I just made some shirts. You just helped me make some stickers. I've been like, for the first time in my life, I've been getting into the digital art world and that's been really cool really interesting a lot of doors feel like they're open now because of that uh, that's something actually me and jim were just having a conversation about it because he's been a musician like he's always had a creative side but never really uh messed with illustration or painting or anything like that but he recently got an ipad and apple pencil and um, just kind of has been taking off. Just, I think he said he did a hundred illustrations in like two weeks or something. Wow, uh, where that's he's amazing. Just go, going for it. And I, I was saying it's kind of weird as someone who's used to painting with uh, more traditional physical mediums to uh, transition into the Apple Pencil world, especially if you have like a Gorilla Grip like I do and you have to kind of hone in how you work with it. Did you have like, yeah. an issue transitioning? Um, well, I... I was really resistant uh, to doing any kind of digital art. I've been painting my whole life and it's been a big part of my life. And I've like, I don't know, I just had like a, a, a block there. I didn't really wanna, it felt like too different from, I really have, um, I've really developed a process for myself, a, a process that I love so much of like making a physical painting. I have it all like, I'm so intimately familiar with it that it's like really soothing and really fun for me and digital art just felt like i don't know crazy but a friend of mine um an angel lent me her ipad and i was like i don't really even care she's like just try it just try it and i took it home and like as soon as i started working with it i immediately was just like oh this is dope like it's it's a little weird like the learning curve is is a little weird but there's so much you can do like in the past, you know, I mean, you guys know you make a mistake on a physical painting and it's like, fuck, okay. Like, how can I work around this? Or do I have to trash this? And on digital, it's just like undo. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and crazy. the ability to use all those layers as well. To oh my God. I fucking love, <laughs> I love the layers. It adds so much. <laughs> I was right there with you, you know, when I first picked it up, I immediately felt like, oh, this is the medium that I'm looking for. Because personally, I never started as really an artist or painting canvases or anything in my life, like only playing around. And once I picked up the iPad, it was like, okay, here, here's what it's supposed to feel like. And yeah, then being able to right. kind of learn from square one with this medium, I feel like it really helped me understand the layers and understand what the depth can, can look like because I didn't have to create it on the first try. I was able to do it and then, oh, I want to throw this to the background. Ooh, that makes it look way deeper. And then all of a sudden I'm creating stuff that I didn't even know I could create. Man, that's so cool. That's so exciting. Um, I'm, I still have like so much to learn. Um, I'm barely like at the tip of the iceberg, but I feel like, like I just got my own iPad and I feel like now that I have it, I can just see all of these possibilities that were never possible before. It's, yeah, pretty dope. Well, we, we were kind of talking about, too, me and you, it, a week or two ago, uh, about the iPad just kind of taking out that middle step that normally when you create something uh, by painting it or pencil, whatever it is, if it's a hard copy of something, 
transitioning it into that digital format to go to production, whether it's a t-shirt or a print or whatever. Yeah. It that was the, that was the biggest barrier for me forever where people have been trying to buy prints from me and they wanted, you know, whatever X, Y, Z. And I was always like, I don't really, I can't really do that. I don't really know how, you know, it's like, you can buy the original, but I don't really have like, and now it's just like, oh yeah, boom, print, easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes, makes it so nice for sure. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely, I feel like it's a different style. Um, if I work from digital or if I work from physical, there's certain things, like you said, you, you figure out your methods and your process that you really like doing when you create. And there's those, those things I can't replicate by any means on the, the opposite uh, format, right? It's like, yeah, I get that hand touch. But if I'm going for something really clean or a design job or branding something, the, the cleanliness of digital it is so user friendly now that it's almost like you just put pin to pad and there's a logo, you know, it's so, yeah. so how clean everything automatically comes. Yeah, I, I definitely am exploring that side of things right now. Like I feel, I feel like I had just refined my, my artistic style in a way that kind of works for logos and, and things like that. And then, so it felt very like synchronistic that like, Oh, now it's like a perfect time to dive into digital because I'm already, looking at stuff and going, that would kind of work on a shirt, you know, whereas in the past, it was just like, too crazy, like wouldn't, wouldn't work. But I, I definitely agree with you. Like, I don't, the way that I like paint, paint doesn't really translate yet. And I don't, I still have to figure out, like, I still have so much to learn there. Like, I don't really know. I don't think I could do the exact same thing necessarily. Right. But you, you almost don't want to do the exact same thing. It's right. Like well, looking through your Instagram and looking at the stuff that you're doing, I mean, you don't need to recreate it digitally. It's so gorgeous the way that it, oh, is. it doesn't need to be changed or illustrated in any way. Like, sure, if you wanted to do a print, that's one thing, but this stuff is amazing on here. Thank you so much. In, in your work, too, you have a lot of, uh, like, the gradients because of uh, the watercolors or maybe you water down your acrylics. Uh, and... I don't know. The fluidity of it is there in the digital format. They have those filters and those pins that you can make those adjustments on. But there's something about that one random dirty drop that's not supposed to be where it's at. Yeah. That yeah. little piece that only you know that's your favorite piece where it's not quite perfect, but it comes together like so perfectly and so beautiful that you can't recreate that. Yeah. It really feels like separate worlds in a way. Like digital at this moment really exists to to help me get art to other people. And then the physical is really like, it's like a mystical like soul thing where it's just my, me in my little witch cave, like making shit. Speaking of little witch caves, <laughs> I was gonna ask you because you were, when I left San Diego, you were kind of the uh, in line to take over my little garage spot that I was painting in. And I was gonna ask you because do you feel that you need to get away from your like everyday surroundings to create or do you did you just want an extra space to kind of see how it worked um that's a really good question and i think i'm still kind of 
figuring out the answer. Um, the main reason that I was interested in getting a garage before is I was living in a tiny studio and my, I'm not like a very organized person or like a very tidy person. So I was always, I'm always working on like multiple projects at once and they were just all over my floor and shit in my studio. And I was like, I live here. <laughs> I do yeah. everything in this room. And then the floor is like covered in art. It was just like a mess. So I was like, I could, I would love to have a little bit more space and that can just be covered in projects. Um, I moved into this new spot that has a garage and it's kind of counterintuitive. I've never had this much space that's all mine before. So my garage is my art studio, but it's, it's, I'm still kind of like figuring out like how to make that just an art space, you know? Um, cause I've just never had the, the option before, but I do think I like it. I think I like having a room that's just for that. Where you can kind of like just get away and the things that are set up that are set up to work on are, are there. You don't have to dig anything out or yeah. like you said, it's like having multiple projects has always been my, uh, biggest hangup. I, I think I take on a lot more than I really can or need to. And uh, I I'm, I say yes too much and just try to please people. And I take on these projects and then I have six or seven things I'm trying to juggle. And then working on anything seems overwhelming. If, if you're in the same space that you live and sleep and try to create and you're filing through all these projects. So I 100% yeah. get that. My hangup was with the garage was I was just a little too far. It wasn't that far, but I was just a little too far where I couldn't walk to it and I didn't drive for the last two or three years I was in San Diego, um, just because I lived and worked in the same neighborhood. Yeah. And so I could ride my bike down there and then I would have to ride home like in the middle of the night. And it's, it's such a cop out, but I just, I felt like the effort of getting to and from there counterbalanced the efficiency of having my own workspace. Yeah. I'm, I can totally see that. I'm very much the type of person where like, I'll feel it and I'll go, I gotta go right now. I have to like do that, like seize this inspiration or whatever. And if it was like a matter of like, well, it's gonna be like half an hour before I can even get to the place. And yeah. a lot of the time it's like, it's not even worth it. it you you like miss, you miss the moment or at least the spark. Yeah. You act immediately on that spark in that time. The time that it takes to get there burns it out. Yeah. yeah, I felt yeah. that for sure. And that was the same. We, we were talking about playing music earlier because we were in a band together uh, years ago. And it's the idea of like, let's jam right now because we're feeling it. And you have to get in there and just start playing or else you, you just don't feel it anymore. You just don't want yeah. to get in there. You Instead know? of like, let's jam at five o'clock and hope we're feeling it. It's like, right. um, sometimes yeah. I, yeah. I go through, I go through periods where I can kind of tap into that thing if I just sit down it'll be there sometimes but it's not that's not always the case you know have you been painting like with normal mediums lately or do you find yourself kind of putting that off now since you've been playing with the digital stuff I took a little break um but I actually was just organizing my garage a couple days ago and I I got it feeling really nice in there and feeling like 
it is kind of inspiring to me to be in there. So I actually like finished a painting I hadn't worked on in a year and I just kind of pulled out all the old projects that I hadn't finished and there's always like 10, 15 of them. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I've been picking that up a little bit. I have to ask just as, a, as an artist that is just trying to get started and trying to get some traction under me, how uh, I'm looking at your stuff and it is you have such expression in the faces that you draw like there's so much of these portraits that I mean it's the same lady but th there's a different expression you know it <laughs> seems like it and how do you find yourself able to really put that expression or put that feeling when you look at a face into your mm -hmm. art and it just not come off as like a flat <laughs> you know zombie looking person that's a good question um I think a lot of it is just miles, like hours, you know, like I've been, I've been working on it for a long, long, I guess my whole life. I've been trying, I, I've always loved um, drawing people and faces. Those are, faces are really intriguing to me and really beautiful. And while I'm working on a character, it's really, it's just like really beautiful experience for me. It's really like, <clears throat> I feel like I'm, I am them or something. Like when I finish a painting, I feel like I like was that person for a little bit. So if I'm like working on this very serious expression or something, I find myself like making that same face. I'm like mirroring it. And that I think it's just like you can really embodying it. Emotion yeah. in their faces. And you, it almost is as if you would have to embody it and put mm -hmm. yourself into that page in order for it to come off, like I'm, I'm looking at this one where the where the person is like staring at a hamburger, and they're just like, <laughs> oh my god! Like I can see how excited that guy is to to have that hamburger. You know what I mean? That's really <laughs> difficult to do. So. I I also always wondered. I don't know if I've ever actually asked you this. If do you base anything off of pictures or models of people? Like, always. Do you use photos as models. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, almost always. I've, I've just finally gotten to a place where I can kind of fake it and like make, make people up. But I, part of the process for me is I enjoy using a model. I enjoy using a, a photo. I use a lot of like stock photos of just old people. Those are I the best. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, but I think that it comes through when you see your work because it's almost the juxtaposition of a well-balanced ratio of like the facial features and the structure of the face with the color and the contrast of maybe having dead eyes or, mm. you know, black stuff dripping from their mouth, whatever it is, it's, it's a beautiful, it's like an eerie, beautiful composition. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I find myself distracted as I'm scrolling over here. Uh, so what else is good? So you've only been working part-time? Uh, yeah, part-time. We we just got word that we might be able to reopen tomorrow. Um, that was word on the street. I heard that. It's been a, a weird year being in this industry because every few weeks it's like, all right, we're back at it. Okay, never mind. All right, yeah. never mind. And it's, I've, I've found that like the times when I'm, like it's rough when we're, when we're not open because no one's really making money, but I I do really well with a lot of downtime and I, I love just like being at home and painting or whatever, reading, you know? Um, so it's gonna, it's, I don't know, it might be 
it might be really different starting tomorrow. <laughs> Do you think that made this year like a little bit easier, at least on you, that like you are a person that doesn't mind hanging out and like reading a book or killing time painting? Because I know for for me personally, when I paint, hours can go by and I won't realize it. But if I'm just bored and not doing anything, I, I like it bothers me. I get into a very like I need to go do something kind of mentality. Yeah, um, I absolutely think I was at an advantage this year. I've always been the type of person that like I love being alone and I have I'm like I'm never bored. I have a million things that I'm always thinking about. I have I, I read books the same way I make art where I'm always reading like 10 or 15 books at once. So I like pick up one of whichever book is laying around and like read that and then like think about that for a while and then like go work on some art and then go for a walk. I just like, and I can make a day go by really fast just doing like nothing really, but doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was definitely, I'm a lucky person that I love being in my own head. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it a little easier. Like, yeah. And then also, I was going to ask you recently, because maybe just the hang up was not really knowing exactly how to get your art from one format to a digital format to get it produced or printed, whatever the case may be. But I feel like you had a little bit of a like a surge, like you had a little bit of like a spark to want to make hard goods, not just paintings or, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. hit me up about the stickers, you were getting prints made, you made those awesome t-shirts. Like, was there something that contributed to that? I need to just get merch out there. It was definitely my friend lending me her iPad, which is, it's so crazy. Like it was, it was really like a switch flipped. Like as soon as I got comfortable using that thing, I, I just saw all these possibilities and I was like, it's right there for me now before it wasn't before I, it felt like this big gulf and I didn't know how to cross it. And then suddenly it was just like, and like, like you, Jim, you know, I, in a matter of a week, I made four illustrations and like, I was like banging them out so fast. And I was just like, this is fun and easy. And I can just like sit warm on my little couch and like (laughs) go for it. And then like send it off to my other homie and have a print made. Like yeah, in a matter of minutes. Of inspiration at the beginning were so hot. It like, I felt it too. You know, it's it's the same thing, and that's. It's like you have to capitalize on it when you get it. It's the same as we were talking a moment ago. If I have to drive thirty minutes to get there, I'm not going to be able to capitalize it. But even on like a more, larger scale, if you're not able to capitalize on this week that you're going like, oh, I just want to create, 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 create. If you're like, oh, I'll put it off, I'll put it off. You who knows what you missed out on, you know, you yeah. missed out on one of the best creations that you ever did that you'll never be in that space again to do. Yeah. And that's all the motivation that I've been using when I feel the spark, like drive it, drive it, drive it. Yeah. Um, are you guys familiar with the idea of the muses? Oh yeah. I, I think about that all the time. Whenever there's this idea that like, if you feel that spark of inspiration, that's a muse, like working for you and giving you an idea. And if you don't, use that idea they'll find someone else yeah <laughs> and i have like have totally felt that in my life where it's like i waited a little too long then the inspiration was just gone and it's like i don't even remember why i wanted to make that or 
what was so cool about it and I just lose stuff you know not to get too uh like sappy but uh, oh let's get it sappy I love it <laughs> yeah, but I've multiple times told Nicole that like she's kind of like my muse because my spark of creativity comes when everything when I'm comfortable when I'm completely mm. okay when when we're just hanging out watching tv or you know just decompressing after work whatever it is if I feel like in a safe place that's where I feel the most creative to to get going to like work on projects whereas if there's things I need to get done if there if I feel like I'm wasting time during my day if the dog is acting weird and barking too much or whatever it is I get thrown off so easy but those little moments of just perfect comfort are, are really where I get a lot of my uh my pushes from yeah that's so sweet dude <laughs> so, sad. You, so Nicole helps you reach that level of comfort yeah like I, I just like I like having her around and ignoring her does that makes sense. Like if she's in the other room, like doing her thing and I'm in like my studio painting or whatever it is, the idea that if anything happens while I'm doing that, that there's someone there to like even handle it or just like, the, it's just a weird comfort thing for me, I guess, um, where I know everything's going to be okay. Like when she's like around, Aww. Uh, all right, I, <laughs> I love it. All right. So I want to, I also want to just plug a couple things here. If you want to throw one in that camera, Jim, you just, yeah. you just made these really awesome stickers. Uh, I was kind of the middleman since my, uh, printer is on the Fritz right now and got them done. Shout out vinyl disorder, uh, com. If you want to get some stickers done there out of Southern California here. Um, what is the, the idea behind the well with uh, nothing to lose and nothing to prove? Is that just the idea of like, you're just going to put it out there because you got nothing to lose and like nothing to do. Like, where, where's it come from? Um, the, the inspiration for all of my art comes from either dreams or meditation, like moments that come to me when I'm meditating or I'll feel inspired by a word and I'll look up the etymology of the word. It's like pretty much always those three things. And this one was, um, I've been obsessed with this idea of the well, like this inner well of like, this was like when I was meditating, uh, I think it was when I was like unemployed the, for two months when quarantine just started and I was like meditating a bunch and just like really working on this like inner calm, this like inner integrity and like being my own, like developing my relationship with myself. And I just kept thinking of this, this, image of a well inside um it's kind of like you know if if you have a solid relationship with yourself and if you know who you are and you have your own code of integrity then like there's you really can't lose anything like there's nothing what you already have and what you really are you can't lose and you don't have to prove it to anyone as long as you know so it's very like it's like a nice message, I think. <laughs> uh, very. Amazing. No, totally. And yeah, I, I mean, it makes total sense. I, my interpretation of it was along those lines, uh, just of the idea of dipping into your yourself, right? You like yourself well, because if you're confident in who you are, you don't. Like you said you don't have anything to prove to anybody. Mm -hmm. What What are you gonna lose by sharing your 
your idea or your thought or your experience if it's pure. Yeah. Yeah. Very so, cool. Thanks. Thank you so much for getting those stickers made for me. I'm psyched. Yeah, no problem. I will have them either mailed out to you tomorrow or I will let you know when I will be in town to drop them off personally. Cool. If you want to wait until you're in town, that way I can give you your shirt too. Um, no rush. Cool. Yeah. I, I should be down there pretty soon. I have to make a trip down, say what's up. So shame. Cool. Those stickers are available at Ratnest. Stickers too. Sticker Co. Ratnest Sticker Co. You messed up the plug, bro. We'll plug it at the end. Um, yeah, so the, thank you so much uh, for for coming on. You said you were you were gonna try to be launching your website pretty soon here. Yeah, pretty soon. How's that um, process been going? What was that? How's that process been going? Have you been like editing, or have you been like building it, or are you just is it an idea so stage? My homie is uh, helping me build it. It is. It does exist already. Um, <laughs> everything on there is forty thousand dollars right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so like the shell and everything, like it's functional, the whole thing works, but I just need to like, um, he did it for me as a birthday present. So I need to go in and like make it my own and kind of, you know, customize and tweak. And I've never built a website before. So it's just going to be a little bit of a, a process for me to like understand what I'm doing there. And, you know, um, you know, if he built it through like a third party, kind of like a Squarespace or something like that, or Not Squarespace. I I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I know it wasn't Squarespace. <laughs> normally, those companies give you a lot of options to like make stuff really, really user friendly, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I did a free trial through them because I had heard so much about them, um, and it was it was pretty cool. I have a an issue with. Um, it's hard for me to work when there aren't clearly defined parameters. I get like overwhelmed with the possibilities. So I was like fucking around on Squarespace and I was like, there's too many, I was like customizing every little tiny thing. And I was like, I, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I could do this forever and it would like never be done, you know. Diving too deep in the like HTML of just what color could this be? What color could this be? Oh, this like is a any color you want. That's yeah, so crazy. <laughs> I, I had a similar experience when we, we were building Rat Nest and I I found myself just saying I just want it to be black and white, like as close to just like plain as possible because it already is kind of overwhelming to the senses when you get on there and there's all the art crazy bright colors and all this stuff. It's yeah. like you don't want everything just clashing with each other. It, it's hard to find that balance sometimes. That's really smart, actually. That's a really good thing to keep in mind because my art does look so crazy and I want my site to be like a showcase in, in some way, like a gallery. Absolutely. It's a really good thing to keep in mind. Thank you. Yeah, I think simplicity when it comes to having uh, messy art is, is very crucial. Yeah. Um, I always find that on a blank white wall, your crazy art looks so much better than if it's butted up against something else on a uh, you know, different colored wood wall or whatever it is. Mm. Um, just having it be able to speak for itself with nothing behind it helps me. Yeah. See, I do love like a crazy wooden wall <laughs> background, <laughs> but there's a there's a balance in there. There's definitely like an appropriate space.
space for that. And then white wall sometimes is better. For sure. Um, so we've done two or three art shows together now, maybe over the last few years. Yeah. Um, I know that this year was tough for everybody, but I also saw in San Diego, a couple of people were still having uh, shows to some degree. Uh, were you a part of anything or were you just- um, I, I thought about it. I, I kept seeing um, stuff like the night before it was gonna, it was gonna happen. Um, and I did create a lot. I have a lot of brand new paintings that I made in the last year, but I feel like every time I saw that a show was about to happen, it was just like a little too last minute and I wasn't quite there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. Have you done any, any stuff like that this year? No, no. So we moved in shoot, March, April. I don't know, the beginning of the year, the first four months of the year. And um, it was just kind of getting my parameters out here in a new city. And I haven't really linked up with anyone, just little stuff via Instagram, talking to people. But I haven't really like dove into the, uh, the scene out here, who's doing what. So I, I tried to paint. I, I probably did like five or six new paintings in the last few months, or at least started like six or eight paintings, you know, so. It, I, to some degree, I was more creative than normal, but then also I just had, I had like the opposite kind of feeling sometimes where I thought I have so much time, like I'm not going back to work anytime <laughs> soon that I, I don't have to like jump, jump on it right now. You know, it, I didn't have that spark. That's for sure. It was, it was a little bit more forced, but sometimes forcing yourself is good because it helps you get some of the ideas out that you're focusing on so you can create new ones, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Perfection in volume, bro. The more you have, the more chances you have to be perfect. I, I like to bet that every piece I create is going to be a masterpiece and that is going to be in a museum one day and I don't have to redo anything ever. But, you know, that's just me personally. I'm kidding, everyone out there. This is like the first episode, so they don't know if I'm joking or not yet. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, all right. So, what is your website when it comes out? Um, I have two domains that'll get you there. So it's uh, clownfruits.com and amberjuicy.com. All just one word, your name or clown fruits. And clown fruits, fruits. everything's spelled normal, right? On clown fruits? Yes. Okay. It's cool. plural, clown fruits. fruits. Don't forget that S, everybody, <laughs> .com. And then Instagram at clown. Clown.fruits. <laughs> clown.fruits yeah instagram at clown.fruits anything else you have coming up that you want to throw in there or did you have any questions for us now that we've been berating you for the last half hour <laughs> um i i'm gonna be making some more shirts soon that website will be up soon um you are getting your sticker machine soon yeah soon it's the one i <laughs> So the one I put off to, on getting until January is now back ordered until April. So April. Okay. Yeah, we'll be we'll be in full production in April. Until then, I am going through some third-party vendors here in Southern California that I've worked with and uh, getting good results. So if anyone right. does need anything, uh, email me at neststickerco.com or or at gmail.com or Instagram <laughs> at ratneststickerco. Um, 
yeah any any final thoughts you want to do a little jerry springer like final thought for us or <laughs> i don't okay i don't actually even would that i don't even know how i would do a jerry springer final thought did you ever watch <laughs> uh, jerry springer with i've seen jerry springer but i don't i don't feel like i ever watched it through to the end that kind of oh. show always made me real uncomfortable <laughs> it's very uncomfortable for an hour <laughs> and then the last two minutes after everyone's like bloodied up and like has been boxing and ripping weaves off and everything, Jerry or uh, yeah, Jerry just goes into the audience and they film him and he goes, you know what? Life is sometimes unpredictable and we all need to work around it. But if we all try, the world will be a better place. Like some crazy like final thought like that. Beautiful. Yeah, you know, I um, better myself, Jerry. <laughs> um. I, I I don't have anything. I know <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a little mean of me. I, I was like, I something you, want, you have a really deep, insightful thing you want to say right now before I yell at you some more. God, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Right, next well, time, next time, I'll I'll prepare something for my final thought. <laughs> yeah, this is just part one. I will. We'll definitely have you back. Um, we're just getting this thing going. So thank you so much for being a yeah. part of it and uh, talking with us today. Uh, your work is beautiful. You're an amazing human being. You're so kind and so nice. Uh, I'm so happy to be your friend. Uh, you can check out her work at clownfruits.com, Instagram, uh, Instagram at clown.fruits, Amber Juicy with a G, but sounds like a J.com. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I will, I will give you a heads up when I'm heading down there and we can link up. Rad. Amber, Rad. really nice meeting you. I love the work. So nice to meet you. Thank you guys so much. This is this is really cool. I'm really psyched that you guys are doing this. I think it's a great idea and I I don't know. I love it. That's actually I've been thinking so much recently about other artists process and you know what goes through their minds and I don't know. I just think this is a, a rad thing. Yeah, it's it's talking with friends and fellow artists to kind of get rid of some of the stigma of asking questions about things you don't know. I feel like so many times we're kind of stuck because we don't know the answer to something and we don't really have the resources or people that have the resources don't want to share them because they kind of hold that knowledge for a little bit of power right so let's uh let's give the power to the masses and and let everyone know how to make shit. feed the people information i yeah. love it all right awesome. amber we'll talk <laughs> to you soon. thank you so much all right bye guys thank you bye. Very cool, man. Very that good. was awesome.